0: If you're an entrepreneur, you know what it means to take personal and financial risks, create jobs that support your community, and devote most of your time to your business. But do you know how to plan for a successful exit from your business? Do you know who should be involved in creating your succession or transition plan and the steps along the way? Welcome to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman from Legacy Business Advisors. The podcast theme is inspired by critically acclaimed business author Bo Burlingham, author of Finish Big How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Companies on Top. In this podcast, you'll hear success stories of exit plans done right and pick up practical tips based on years of legacy business advisors' expertise and knowledge about the largest and most important financial transaction of your life. Now, on to the show.
1: Good day. This is Mark Dorman, your host of the Finish Big Podcast, and uh, I'm very, very excited today to have really one of the leaders in the fintech space uh, and really an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. I want to introduce you to Edmund Walters. Uh, Edmund is the CEO and co-founder of Villanova Tech LLC, a next-generation financial planning experience for financial advisors to use alongside their clients. Villanova Tech software addresses estate planning, business succession planning, lifetime cash flows, and client retirement needs. Edmund spent more than 17 years actually in the financial services industry, advising high net worth clients throughout the United States. But in 2000, Edmund founded eMoney, which is really the gold standard of financial planning platforms. He served as both the chief executive officer and president until 2016. And since then he has served on several private and public company boards. Edmund was recently recognized by Investment News as one of the 20 people who have helped shape the financial planning industry. That's quite a quite an accolade. And in 2018, he served, he received, excuse me, their prestigious investment news innovator award. He has been published in The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, USA Today, SmartMoney.com, Advisor Today, Barron's, National Underwriter, and CPA Wealth Provider. He's also been a guest on Dow Jones Market Watch, Forbes.com, Video Network, and Fox Business. And His comments have appeared in Investment News and Dow Jones Newswires, amongst others. Edmund Walters is a 1983 graduate of Villanova University with a BA in economics. Edmund, welcome to Finish Big, and thank you for being our, our guest today. Oh, thank you for having me. This will be fun. Terrific, terrific. Well, uh, I was delighted. Uh, our mutual friend, Paul Scioli, uh, pinged you, and you said yes. And I was like, wow, I really feel like uh, this show, which was launched, launched in January, has really gotten significant traction because you were on my uh, my bucket list of guests when we started. So I want to go back through your bio if we can. Obviously, you've made a significant, significant, huge impact in the financial planning space. But take me back to when you were an advisor, how that career went, maybe up through the channels there and talk to me about what you saw going on in the industry and, and where that light bulb moment came and really how successful your career was, and why you left it.
2: So I started my career uh, in 1983, right out of Villanova. I graduated on a weekend, and on Monday I was 100% commissioned. and that was a tough thing. I think. Yeah, I that's draw. exactly I think, what I did. Yeah, I think my draw was 950 a month. Yeah, and I don't know how I would never do it again. But anyway, so I went through that. Uh, like, who'd you start else. with? Uh, Fidelity Mutual. And then they had their problems. I ended my career with capital analysts in FSC, if you know those guys. So Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I I started off as an agent. And then I was at the very end, I was an independent financial advisor. But all the way back in 83, I was charging fees for planning. And we were working, specializing with business owners. So I, I didn't know better. I thought that was something you did at 23 or 22. So I was out there with an easel and doing the, the funnel process in front of the client and gathering the data, going back to the office. And it was a great firm because it was 20 salespeople and 50 support, which is a big, that's a very high ratio of support sure. to field. And we only dealt with high net worth. So we were charging $5,000 fees in 1983. So that's wow. like unheard of. And I didn't know better. So I just thought that was normal. And I did that uh, with with them for about seven to 10 years. And I, I left a one on my own with uh, a handful of the guys, probably nine of them. And we started our own firm because we wanted to be totally independent. We did not want to be affiliated with an insurance company. We wanted to be able to sell any product we wanted to sell, and we were, we looked at the fee business as the future of our industry. So that we just was want to maybe
1: pause there the for 92. our listeners. Yeah, for our listeners. So back in the early '80s, uh, and certainly in the late '80s, you had the advent of the mutual fund, right? In the late '80s. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. They, and because I started with New England Financial right out of college, uh, straight commission, by the way. I mean, you just yep. if my kids came to me with that, I'd be like, no, that's Run. too difficult. Mm-hmm. Run, right. Mm-hmm. But so the, the financial services industry was evolving. Fees weren't being charged at all. And really, one of the things that we talk about in Finish Pig is just you said you were in the business market space. And I want to talk about that is just how few financial advisors can have a conversation with business owners, let alone do planning, yeah. right? They just don't know business today. So you, you then left Fidelity mutual and you went independent back in a day when independence was unheard of, right?
2: Yeah. It was people who thought I was crazy doing that one also, but when you're calling on business owners, the one thing about it, and my dad was a business owner and my grandfather. So I was comfortable talking to business owners and I understood what they the passion they had and i love that passion yeah but you probably charging... heard
1: some of the some of the, the the good the good the bad and the ugly around the kitchen table right
2: oh yeah sure you did and you see it in your own house but you the interesting thing about that is charging the fees allowed me to have that independence so i knew that if i got 20, 20 cases this year at a $5000 fee i'm i'm going to still pay my bills and that was the one thing that the light bulb was back when i was an advisor is boy the fees really bail you out and level it out because the you can do five cases in a row and they just don't need have a need for a product. Sure. And that's the case. You still want to give great advice, but you you're not necessarily going to get paid on that case. Correct. Fees allowed you as opposed to
1: the other model where it says you must sell something in order to get paid.
2: Right. Or you lose your office. I mean, that's why I left that every year I'd be, it seemed like every year I was in September in order to keep my office, I had a number and then I had to just push and sell and sell and sell. And I, you'd always pull it off. But it's like, do I really want to be in a position where I must sell a product? I mean, mm-hmm. when I really would rather be in a position where I just want to give good advice. And some cases are going to be great. Some cases won't. But the advice is what I was all about. Yeah. And, some some
1: cases, as you know, I mean, some cases might start out with no immediate need. And six yeah. years later, there might be a massive need, right?
2: Exactly, but that's they a,
1: evolve and they change, and particularly the lives of business owners are very, yeah. very dynamic. But you got to have. That's why a you have to enable. give
2: great advice. Even you have to give great advice all the time to earn the right to get paid later. Wow! So I went through that well whole. Po- I went through that whole process, and then it was at the end of my career as an advisor. My, probably the last five or six months, I got a consistent question from the high net worth clients why does it take you so long to get my cases updated? And I said to him, because you have multiple advisors and they don't necessarily want to share that data with me. It's, it's, it's like pulling teeth. And I've got to, in order to be, for me to do a good job for you, I need to give you a holistic picture of your life. So I need to be able to sit down with you and show you where you stand with you're checking, your savings, your IRA, your 401k, all your brokerage accounts, all your insurance policies, all your real estate properties and your business, and show you how all of that is interrelated and how that is the overall health of your family. Right. For me to pull all that together takes me a long time. And they're like, well, I expect you to be able to react faster. And I was like, wow. I mean, I don't think I can. Right. So, and, and as so did you know, my it, high
1: school coach. <laughs> right.
2: And as you know, it could take four days to get a, a case ready back then, or even a week, and you, you plan and you strategize and you, and you design. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? This yeah. is insane. And now the customer is telling me that they want it this way. So I went out and saw a few of the firms that I was doing business with, and I said, you know, this is the vision where the world's going to go, and we need to be there waiting for it to get there. And crickets, right? So everyone had just been killed by the dot-coms in the late 90, late 90s, I walk in and I'm saying I need a web-based planning experience, and they thought I was nuts. But I was convinced because the client is telling me that's what they want, which to me is the ultimate test. The only thing close to the client telling me what they want is the advisor telling me what they want. So anyway, I set out to do the due diligence to see how big an undertaking it would be. To be able to pull in all of their accounts on a nightly basis and create an updated balance sheet and based on updated balance sheet, be able to show the client where their current condition looks like. And then I can design a case for them and get paid for what I do best, which is giving advice, helping them from doing bad things, get them to stop from doing bad things, which is selling things at the wrong time. and. I really look at advisors as the greatest job we have is they act as the catalyst to get the client to do the things they need to do to succeed, whether it's go see that attorney and get that done, get this from the accountant. Uh, Let's have the the meeting. Let's have that discussion with your wife. Let's have that discussion with your partners. We're the catalyst. We're actually, without us, it doesn't get
1: done. Right? Yeah, or and, or we, and we we tell our clients, right? It's, it's sometimes you tell them what not to do, right? Exactly. You get Don't paid. give your key employee equity in your company. Let's do stock appreciation right. rights instead. Let's not, let me tell you why you don't want to do that, right?
2: Right. And when the market is great, it's like, you think you're an athlete, so I'm riding a bike downhill. When things are bad and it's tough getting up the hill, that's when we're underpaid because we are doing, we're giving great advice to hold the course, stay in, stay on the plan and they're upset right? Because the markets aren't doing well. So all of those things were going on. And I said, I have to be able to figure out a solution like this. And so that's when I came up with the idea if they're not going to do it, the client says they, they wanted the clients. I sold my practice to my partners. I cashed out my 401k. I took all my personal life savings. And then I still didn't have enough. So I went to the five or six clients that said they wanted this experience. And I said, how would you like to invest with me? Mm-hmm. And they said yes. So right away, I knew that this was a good enough idea if the end user consumers are saying that they're willing to invest to get one. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started eMoney Advisor. And my original board consisted of my old client, who clients who became investors who were looking for the solution. And they became the the beginning of the test case. And the idea was, and really, and this is what advice is to me, they don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. So it is the life experience, the the way that I wanted to do business with my customers was more important than the numbers and the fact sheets. Because mm-hmm. I knew it's really about their feelings and their family, their goals, their dreams, their aspirations. It's not about the the math. Right. 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 So I him money and the people came out and said, it's a great calculator. I almost died. I was like, no, it's not about the calculator. It's about the experience. It's the fact that someone like a Paul Scioli can sit down with his client. All the work has been done. and It's updated. And they're looking at the screen together, talking about how they can design together to do what's best for that family. And that was empowering an advisor to be a true advisor counselor, not to be an admin.
1: So, so let's. Uh, our guest today, uh, Edmund Walters, uh, as I said earlier in the intro, an entrepreneur is entrepreneur, but uh, the founder of eMoney. Talk to us, like uh, we're, our our audience, like we're second graders. Just de- de- second graders, describe eMoney for those of us uh, that are listening that aren't financial advisors. What would the experience be like for an eMoney client?
2: So the. And this is quite different because I talked to uh, one of my guys that's still left behind at eMoney, and he made a comment to me the other day that they look at eMoney as a calculator and how long can calculators and financial planning hold its value. And I I couldn't believe what I heard because what eMoney truly is, is the advisor client experience that is no longer on those paper reports or presented in a dark room on a projector. It is truly an interactive experience with the family and the advisor where they can uh, live while they're there have live changes. Yeah. Very dynamic.
1: Right. I can do like, I can toggle between different what if scenarios. If I change this, what if I make this decision? This is a, this is going to look,
2: what's the trade off. Whereas in the old world, we came in with paper presentations and said, here's a static recommend. Mm-hmm. And then if I wanted to make a change, I'd have to see you two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Whereas the client doesn't want that and you don't want that. You want to make those changes live. And you also want to demonstrate your value that you truly understand planning at the highest level. So it really empowers you and shows the whole family that this, this advisor is unique. This advisor really does know their their trade. The other part of it is if if I in the old world gave you a paper presentation, well, that was really my plan that I want you to live by whereas when you design a plan together with a client it's our plan mm-hmm. and if they feel empowered that it's their plan with you they're most likely going to state a plan yep whereas if it's just somebody else's plan it's like i, I do want that boat i you know that forget that, that was your plan i'm going to i'm going to get that boat yep whereas if it's our plan it has a lot more teeth in it and, it, and it's more real it's so, stickier right more yeah. adhesive And to get the and and remember back in the late '90s, everyone was saying the advisors are thing of the past, and it's all going to be B two C, and the clients going to go on there, load their data, and they're going to be able to make these decisions, and the technology will walk you through. And I thought that was so stupid. I said, and remember, we even had companies talking about a, a baby in a crib is going to give you advice. I looked at all that, laughed at it. I said, you know, we have to empower these advisors. We have Mm -hmm. to give them better tools so they can demonstrate their real true value with their knowledge, what's between their ears and stop having this dependency upon calculators because that's just math and that is not advice.
1: Right. So so that's a great description. That's a great description. So you had this genesis, you've got your half a dozen investors, put your board together, liquidated your 401k and jumped into the deep end of the pool Walk us through the the cycle of, of e-money. You had a sixteen year run, became, as I said earlier, the gold standard in the financial planning software industry, the client experience. What was give me the good, the bad, and the ugly there through those well, 16 the, years. The
2: good was that our first version actually wasn't very good. Our second version was very good. And uh, but I couldn't get anyone to buy it, any of the couldn't sell a license because the big companies, the insurance companies and the broker dealers. Didn't even want to see a new another tech company, especially a young tech company. And they already had something they they put in their box of what you were in advance. So they already pigeonholed you as something that, you know, I already have that. I don't need that. So I was going to go out of business. So I was not going to make it. And I saw the runway was six months out of cash. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I said, why well, don't I do what I learned to do as a financial advisor? So I did drop-ins. So as an advisor, if you had some free time or you're in, a, in an area and there was a company that intrigued you, I would just ring the doorbell and ask to see the business owner, right? So what I did is I identified the largest offices, agencies that I thought could use my service, and I went to my brethren. So I called on Lennox Advisors out of New York City. I called on Creative Financial out of Philadelphia. These are large GAs. And... I dropped in and I said, I'd like to see you. And they were like, create the demand
1: at the bottom and say, and have them push it up. Right.
2: And I got in to see, you know, Michael book and Rick van Benskoden out of mass um, mutual. I got to see Gary Daniels and, and uh, Jonah Selle at a CFG. And I made the pitch to them as an advisor to an advisor and how this, this tool is going to take us to the next level. They got excited, both of them. And they took me back to their home offices so, and because they were, big they said, agencies, we just
1: kicked this guy out of here. Hang on, exactly. Right?
2: <laughs> and and they all hated me. I became like the bad boy of financial services because oh, yeah, I did that yeah. with all of them. Yeah. And they were like, you're now bullying your way in here using my biggest producers to get in here. I'm like, I have no choice. I mean, right. it's that, or I just go off on the sunset. Right. So I got in, I made my pitch and then they finally got to see it. And all I got were, were beta tests and tests cases. And then at, after Lennox was doing really well and, and Paul down in Texas, it got around to the other GAs, the other offices, and then it organically spread. They see their production growing. What are you guys yeah. doing over there? Well, we're
1: using yeah. this new software, right?
2: I'm getting more referrals. My production is getting better. I'm retaining a higher percentage of my clients.
1: Attracting clients, better
2: advisors, right? Yep. And they and the, client, the client's enjoying the experience. So it started to really move forward, but I still hadn't penetrated the big firms yet because of politics and a lot of things. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't until four or five years in that I started getting the bigger, bigger firms. And then we we passed to be the number one uh, high network tool. But the first four or five years were scary as hell. And a lot of the things we came up with out of the box, I, I learned from other industries. Like, remember, we had the videos, and I would, I would, actually make the marketing videos for the advisor to present to his clients, not for us to present to anybody. So I would have a private labeled video for the advisor with their logo on it to their customer with the message of the powering the relationship. And I was spending at you know, 300,000 on hiring Keith Sullivan, Donald Sullivan and
1: uh,
2: Tom Selleck and all
1: these celebrities and, and so, I, what's your financial statement? I'm optimistic.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it was all. But I I knew that the the real success would be if we gave those weapons to the advisors. We were going to take this whole game to the next level. Sure. Because there is not – change the industry. There's not a better relationship person in any industry than a financial advisor is, mm. and and they were the ones I was I was seeking out with the best of them, and I I just believed I believed all the time that it would, it would happen. It would happen because. They were in the foxhole with me. And then the other thing I did was different than my competitors was they had user meetings and they would bring in the home offices and the C-level guys and the EVPs. I never invited them. I brought the reps in. So I would find, because I knew the best ideas in designing a product in this space and the best feedback would be from the advisors. So my advisory meetings were 100 to 200 advisors were real advisors in my meeting. And I did not avoid the pains in the butt. I had them. I had all of them. And I knew they were the best minds. And they, and their passion that some people would take as you know difficult advisors, mm-hmm. their passion was what made them great. So we listened. And I had my engineers attend all those meetings. So when someone like a Neil Slatsky from Miami would come up and say, it should be doing it this way, not this way. It's a better way to present... I would literally pull Neil Slasky by the arm to a whiteboard with an engineer and say, explain it to him, Neil, and cut out all the middle pieces. By the time the show was over, a prototype was up of Neil's concept. Mm. And I would show it to the other advisors to get validation. But it had to be built by the advisor for the advisor and their client. And as you know, from all the years in the business, no one does that. Right? No, no, But when you think of that simple no. formula, how no, the industry not-
1: says here's what we think you should do, and it yes. doesn't work, right? And this is
2: all you're allowed to do. Exactly. That's what's difficult. Yeah. It, so well, so yeah, had, 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 too.
1: yeah, at your peak, Edmund, uh, how many employees did eMoney have?
2: Uh four hundred. Four hundred. And I think now it's at seven hundred or something like that. Wow.
1: Wow. So fast forward two thousand sixteen, you exited your business. Was that planned? No. No, it was uh, no, I, I without I, going into the details, walk, walk us through how that process went. So it wasn't planned. It wasn't like, Hey, now well, it's boom. I'm going
2: to, well, well, let's, let's, let's say uh, every year I was growing at 20, 30%. So it was really coming. Right. Wow. Yeah. But if you're going to take a company as a small company to a great company, right? There's the, in some of the books, they'll call crossing the chasm. If you're going to go to that next level and blow it out, uh, two things have to happen. The product has to go to the next level, which it was about time for me to do a rebuild. And it was going to be a real big commitment. And I was up for that, but I also wanted to integrate uh, performance reporting and I was either going to build it or integrate performance reporting. And I thought that would be a great way to box out any pretenders that come in. Right. So well,
1: performance reporting define that for us.
2: So we, we get everyone's assets every single night from all sources. Uh, all the way down and to so the So, you had the, the
1: daily downloads where you could update real time my feeds. personal financial statement data feeds yeah. from my bank account, my Schwab account, my 401k, just bring it in every night and, and I could friends. log on for Saturday morning and say, yeah. wow, right? I, my, but, my but I wanted up. to
2: give you real time updates. Yeah. Right. You can yeah. see what I'm saying. That's sure. a, game, game sure. a game changer, just a game changer. So, that was what to go to that next level was going to be infusion of money and it's going to be. Strategic, and that was my intent. But a lot of things happened, and I, I found out I was unemployable. right I'm just, I'm too much of an advisor. I, mm-hmm. I could never have survived in a home office. Well, I that was proven out. I just, just not wired that way, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not their fault. It's my fault, right? I I had hundreds of employees, but I didn't have an HR department.
1: Right. That says wow. it all
0: right there, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, right, just, right, right. I, I wouldn't. So, your miss. exit wasn't planned. I mean, did somebody approach you and they said, hey? No, uh, no,
2: I, I, I realized it was the right thing.
1: Yeah. So, you're, this chasm, we had one of our previous guests, Doug Tatum, become a good friend. He's a, a noted author, but he, he's also a professor at Florida State. But he wrote a book called No Man's Land, right? Yeah. You know, when companies are too big to be too small to yeah. be big and too big to be small, they want to go through I had to. that next step and additional fixed costs, et cetera. And just what a challenge that is. And sometimes, you know, he says he, he's told clients, you know, uh, why are you trying to grow? You got a good thing going here. Right. And, yeah. And, uh, but if you want to grow you and you realize like you did, Hey, this is going to take tremendous amount of capital and more effort. And I wanted
2: to be great though. Yeah. I didn't want to grow. I wanted to be great and yeah. to be great. I needed that functionality. And, and that's and great. Just so,
1: just just to pause there. I mean, so the the genesis of the Finish Big podcast and our guest today again is Edmund Walters, uh, CEO of Villanova Tech, founder of eMoney. But uh, Finish Big was written by Bo Burlingham, one of his greatest books, Small Giants: Companies That Choose to Be Great Instead of Big. Right. Yeah. And so you wanted to be great. That's awesome. That's terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and you, so it's, you sold uh, you sold the business in two thousand sixteen.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so that I uh, had a three year non compete, which we agreed upon. And then after I uh, had the three years were over, I got approached by Judd Bergman, who mm-hmm. uh, used to be the CEO of InvestNet. He died in a car accident and he was one of my best friends. So, anyway, Judd approached me and said he'd like to, he always wanted to have a high net worth estate planning tool and he wanted to have a couple other tools built. What what would I, would I be interested in doing something with him? So we worked it out over the next six months, and then I started recruiting my team back, and I got a bunch of guys that were mm-hmm. out at other companies. I we're didn't... getting
1: the band back together, right? Yeah, but
2: I, I left the money guys alone that were still there. right? So I got the ones that already had, had jumped. And we started putting it together. So we built over the next uh, eighteen months an advanced estate planning tool, a twelve-month cash flow, and a lifetime cash flow. Yeah. Really,
1: you, really are, cool. you are an
2: advisor to to, to to the core, right? Yeah, really cool. These are really yeah. cool tools, and they're the next gen. So eMoney was the generation away from paper, and you can demonstrate to your client. But it's like having a second shot off the team. it's always better than your first shot. And that then B, I, that B player always sits it down the middle. Exactly right. So what I did is I had I made it more inter- interactive, and gave a lot more of the controls and participation to the end user customer,
1: mm-hmm. so
2: they can play with it too. So it went to the next level, and then Judd bought Money Guide, and then Money Guide got the tool, and it's and they're doing really well with it. Mm-hmm. So then what I I did is, uh, uh, Bill Crager asked me if I would build a portal for him, so a client experience. So that goes out. This uh November, in fact, it's in testing right now with uh, New York Life. That'll go out huh. in November to all the Investnet companies. So whether you have Money Guide or Investnet or Tamarack or whatever, they'll have a new portal that we designed, and it's it's incredibly robust and it's an Apple. You you, you can get it through your um, App Store.
1: Wow! So it's it's so it's a, nice. talk to us about uh, Villanova Tech LLC, but it goes by Novatech, correct?
2: Yeah, because everything evolved, Villanova now goes to Nova. Gotcha. But, no,
1: gotcha. So uh, tell I, us about Novatech. What was the is, is was that the beginning? This advanced estate planning tool?
2: No, the advanced estate planning was a company I called it Prize, which I uh, started and I built that tool. But when they purchased it, it was a purchase of the whole company. So they bought mm-hmm. a Prize Labs, and they took half the engineers, and then they took all the products. So we retired the name, and I started the Novatech the following year. And that's where I built two or three more tools for them. And uh, since then, I've been selling the tools, but not the company. So not the name. So I've kept the name. Mm -hmm. And I kept it fairly small. I didn't want to have a prize at one time was, you know, 30 engineers. I didn't want to get that big again. So I kept it small and they move very, very fast. So I have all A plus, A A level engineers. And uh, we're we're knocking projects out in about eight months time period, which would ordinarily take a lot longer. And, um, we're having fun. So what we do next, I'm not sure what we, mm-hmm. the next project is if investment has something, that's great. If they it, don't. What,
1: so tell your, your days today are filled with creative really, genius. You still talk to a lot of advisors still got your ear to the ground as what's obviously going on in the industry. I know you've got some tremendous friends in the industry.
2: Yeah. I still talk to the advisors and I get their feedback. So whenever I get to a certain point with a product and, and, I'm. Uh, I get to, either I don't have an answer for it. I'll it's like cash cab. I'll I'll call an advisor and ask for help and do a webex real fast, or I'll call several advisors. If you're not building with the advisors on your hip, you're you're going to be wasting a lot of time, and mm-hmm. that's what people in the industry don't understand. I can't imagine not leaning on them. And yes, I, I talked to Paul Scioli a lot. Uh, I talked to Ron Carson the other day, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I need their input me that they're in the foxhole oh, you'll, got, you'll definitely
1: get early. paul scioli's uh shout out to my our good buddy paul he'll give you his input that's for sure yeah
2: he's brilliant too yeah oh, yeah definitely yeah, absolutely. he's crazy out, crazy point yeah. and they're the ones i love i love the ones that are the crazy smart ones
1: yeah and and they, and, 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 and the ones that are very very active i think the yeah the greatest advisors are, are chameleons that can walk in and and, and that's a great thing about e-money right going back to that is it could you, you can adapt to a more of a creative expressive uh business owner and then next thing you know you can put it in front of an engineer and you can yeah. basically change the music a wee bit and it works right yeah and when you look at the advisors
2: that's your, you need a brand you need something that you walk in and other than what you're wearing in your your briefcase that lets them know that you're for real right yeah so going in with paper presentations and three ring binders that is so 1980 we and I, I'm now obsessed about what's next. You know, where where is this all going next? And how can we deepen our engagement with the whole family, not just the husband and wife, and but the whole family intergenerationally. And mm-hmm. how can we design tools to empower those advisors to to get maybe deeper in trust? So I'm building a trust tool now. I can't mm-hmm. show that to you right now, but it's smoking good. That'll be out a month. But we need to have the whole advisor and the whole experience, and we need to show how good they are. And I guess that's where I, I emphasize a lot is a good adv- advisor is, is so strong in that relationship, in that room, when they have the right tools because their life experience is going to see like only a 40-some years. He's seen everything. Sure. And he truly is worried about that family more so than paying the commissions for a corner office. Sure. All he sure. cares about is that family. Now, you empower them. You give them the weapons. And he's going to help a lot of people. And that's what I want to do. I want to create the tools that would be the industry, number one, to help the most families possible. And financial literacy comes from having an advisor, not from Know, reading a magazine
1: yeah and it's uh, uh how you educate your clients right and mm-hmm. making it easy for them to digest information and breaking it down into now you talk i, I really really uh resonated with me speaking to multiple generations right and mm-hmm. and not throwing it on them at 30 that their family has some money uh, but mm-hmm. it's how they become good stewards of money et etc so man this has been great edmund I really appreciate it. Uh, as I said, this uh, this really is a is a marquee moment for the Finish Big Podcast, and uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank your uh, uh, your team, particularly John Trees, for uh, working with me to set this up. I want to thank Wendy McConnell, our producer. This has just been fantastic. Uh, when I met you, I was like, "Wow, that this is the guy, right?" I mean, you found eMoney. That's it. That is an absolute game changer. I mean, for those of you that aren't in the financial space uh, you know edmund walters basically invented the wheel uh, think of it that way right uh and, and changed an entire industry uh and and uh, i think what i really what i really hear you saying is just how much respect you have for advisors so uh, until we meet again edmund uh i thank you for being on finish big the podcast thank you for having me thank you so much and uh, this is your host mark dorman have a great day ladies and gentlemen
0: and here's to finishing big thank you We hope you enjoyed listening to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman from Legacy Business Advisors. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes are available. Learn more at LegacyBusinessAdvisors.com or call 330-350-5410. Please be aware the information in these podcasts represent the views and opinions of our guests and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Legacy Business Advisors. The content is for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax or legal advice. Always seek the advice of your legal or tax professional with any questions regarding your specific situation.